Can you hear me? Hey, Ryan. We have. I think we have uh, Ryan on the phone. Um, welcome, everyone, to the first episode of the 2020 uh, Mountaineer Nation Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Uh, happy to have you guys back. Um, it's been a long uh, off season. Um, we are happy to have a 60 game schedule. It's better than nothing. Um, and uh, ESPN's recently. Uh, release some information on how the season will progress from a fantasy perspective. So uh, I'll let Ryan kind of take us through that. Ryan? Yeah, so we were ta- we were looking, trying to count out the weeks, and it looks like the ESPN says it would be a nine- or ten-week schedule. What we p- talked out is a nine-week schedule. Um, I think that's the way it'll be. The only way it would be ten weeks is if they, like, somehow sandwich in a little four – four days of games instead of having a full week. So we'll, we'll just kind of wait and see um, what they come back with that whenever they update. They're waiting to update it so we can set our schedules and everything um, once the MLB schedule sets. I'm not sure. Do you know? Have you heard when they're doing that? No, I saw that the MLB and the MLBPA actually agreed on a schedule, um, but that has not been released yet. But I'd imagine it'll be released here within within this month, so probably within the next couple of days, which will be exciting to see how yeah. that works. Um, right. Not really exciting also- to play the AL East, <laughs> but <laughs> it'll be exciting <laughs> right. to see how the schedule's set up. Right, yeah, that's interesting how they have it playing the – opposite division in the AL and NLs. Um, I also heard that they were discussing possibly changing the playoffs too, potentially. Just yeah. that, even though like when the MLB mandated it, it, it went back to normal, but that the players kind of wanted that expanded playoffs and they said they were still open to it, but they'd have to decide that here, I think before July 1st or something to get that done. But I don't, I don't know if anything will come of that or not. Well, it's going to be pretty difficult to make the playoffs this year. It's going to be a crazy wild card race, that's for sure. I'm not really sure how that's going to work out, but um, yeah, it's kind of like wild card wise is like totally unfair because like you don't even play any of the teams from like across the divisions, like schedule wise. No, you don't. I have my thoughts, but what which uh, which do you think is the hardest? Hardest, uh, I guess we'll call them regions: the East, Central, or West. I mean, I. I I'm a little biased, yeah. but I mean, I, I think, think the East is tough. Like you got the Yankees, you got the Rays, you got the Braves, the Nationals, Mets, uh, Phillies. I mean, you got pretty stacked. Blue Jays are up and coming. I'm not really excited about the East. <laughs> yeah, really. It's Baltimore and Marlins suck, but everybody else is pretty solid. So I think that I think that's going to kill the East's chances at wild cards i think that you mean you'll have your division winners but like that might beat up on each other and hurt the chances of the wild card agree agree central central sneaky i I originally didn't think too much of the central but it's it's really kind of sneaky you've got everyone in the nl is pretty good um except for probably the pirates unfortunately for several of our members of the league um (laughs) but uh, other than the nl and the pirates you probably have you know, pretty competitive in all East or in all central AL central. I mean, they're okay. I mean, the twins are really good. Uh, Indians are probably pretty good. White Sox are up and coming. Tigers suck. Um, but, but, but it could be pretty competitive. It won't be top heavy, but it could, could be pretty competitive. 
Yeah, it's. I think there's not there's not that stud super stud team that you're worried about, but yeah, there's a bunch of solid teams that will battle each other out there. And then I think in the West, it's clearly Astros in one and Dodgers in the other, and there's a few other decent teams. Um, like Oakland will be decent, and Arizona might be decent, but like it's clearly the two teams that are going to be the class of the West. I agree. I, I agree completely, and and it may allow for more wild card teams to come out of the West too, because I think you've got a lot of bottom feeder teams in the West. Yeah, I, I could see it. at least probably at least one AL and one NL comes from the West of the wild card. I would think so too, but we'll we'll see. It'll be an interesting season. I'm I'm really excited to see how it plays out. Um, but I guess we're here on here for fantasy, uh, so we'll we'll move on to that. Uh, if anyone has questions on on how we're setting the league up, uh, let us know. But um, it should be um, seven six. It should be what is it, Ryan? Six weeks regular season, and then three weeks playoffs. Uh, one one week eliminations. Um, eight teams make playoffs. Um, yep, so so it would be expanded playoffs this year, which would be fun. Yeah, yeah. It'll, I mean, it's going to be a crapshoot for sure. If you play first five weeks, you just play all your divisions, and we'll break we'll get break down the divisions, kind of how the draft went. But you'll play everybody in your division, so you'll get five games that plays everyone, and then that sixth and final week, if you're the best team in one division, you'll play the worst team in the other. If you're the second best, you'll play the fifth best, third best, fourth best, and so forth until you pick every matchup, and that's that's how week six will be done. So there'll be some interdivision in week six, but how you do the first five weeks will kind of give you a little bit easier matchup for that last week. And then after week six, the bottom two teams at East Division are eliminated. So you whoever you really want to do good those first five weeks because if you're fifth or sixth going into week six, you got one week left, but you're going to be playing the best competition than the other. So it's going to be hard to catch that third and fourth team because they're going to be playing another third and fourth team. So it's critical to do good in your division so you're not scraping that last week for a Hail Mary against a tough team. Um, That's very true. Week six is going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a fun, short uh, fantasy season, uh, but it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Um, but it's going to create a whole bunch of different draft strategies and player strategies too when you think about it. Um, I know we were talking a little bit before uh, we started the podcast, but um, I, I think it's going to change how teams implement pitchers and pitching strategies. And I think it's going to, you know, with the with the major news being the NL edition of a DH, I mean, you've got a lot of players who um, may hit the ball well but didn't have a clear path to playing time, whereas now um, they may play almost every game. Uh, so it really could change up uh, player values um, and it may change up draft strategies too, because I mean, um, you know, you, you, whereas before, you know, streaming pitchers on the back end uh, fours and fives in a rotation may have, may have been a good strategy. I think that the league is, has um, adopted that over the past two years. I've seen a trend in that. Um, whereas now, like we were saying before, you may have teams you know, really leave their aces in, like, you know, one through three starters. But when it gets to fours and fives, you may see a lot of, uh, you know, long relievers or uh, multiple starters in those roles in each game um, to where you may not get, you know, you may not have those starters go deep into games. So it could be interesting to see how that plays out. Right. Yeah. I mean, those three, 
with the DH, I mean, DHs will allow a lot more, a lot more bats that they'll be usable. Um, and like you said, yeah, with the pitching is going to be, it might make the stud pitchers more valuable. It's not really going to change draft strategy so much. I mean, there'll be a few that maybe pretty solid pitchers early in the draft, but most, you know, since it's keeping like most of those have already kept. So you kind of just have to deal with the hand that you you're at right now. Um, That's true. One more, one more thing I was going to uh, mention related to after, after week six, when we get to the, um, for the eight seed, since we, we all voted on record to seed it. So what it will be done is the top four from each division move on, and it'll be whoever's the first of one, one division will play the fourth of the other division. And then in the top of the bracket, with what that saying will be the second from the opposite division and the third, and then down on the other will be the opposite two, three, and then the opposite one, four. But after after that's seeded for the eight, then we we agreed on Roto being the tiebreaker. So we'll after what we'll do is after the six weeks of the season, we'll do a full complete Roto of all of the teams that are in the playoffs. Those eight teams, and then we'll just you know whoever's the top Roto at that time, we'll have the tiebreaker throughout the playoffs. Whoever's second, so it won't necessarily be the best Roto versus the worst Roto. It might be the best roto versus the sixth best roto based on how the seeding came out. But whoever has the higher roto will get the tiebreaker if a matchup would happen to end 5-5. Right, if it would end in a tie. You're right. right. No, that makes sense. And that, I think that's important because um, yeah. it's, it's not a balanced schedule. So record wouldn't really make sense. And you might not have played the team yet that you're playing in the playoffs. So um, mm-hmm. that, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, yeah. no, it's um, – it's going to be a fun season and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, player values change once we start drafting and, and, and how teams fill out. Um, but uh, as keeper stand, uh, Ron, I don't know if you want to lead us through some thoughts um, on maybe each division, the, and as we've dubbed them in the league, the mountain mountain division and the Apple or mountain league and Appalachian league. Um, I don't know if you want to t- kind of take us through some of your thoughts on each division and how you, how you feel things might sh- shake out. Yeah, um, we'll go into each team individually um, a little bit, but just first, just kind of get some general talk. How, how did you like the division draft? I think that may add a little intrigue. It was a little fun. Yeah, I thought that, I thought that was interesting. A little bit of uh, jabbing going back and forth, which is always fun. Love the competition in this league. It's part of what makes this league great. And it's why, you know, we're still around 10, 10 years into this now, Ryan. How many years have we been doing this? <laughs> yeah, 2007 was our first year. So, yeah, yeah this is our 10th yeah, year. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I think that was great. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, so we'll see how that strategy played out for for uh, uh, who was it? Um, I guess it was Blaine who picked you early, uh, kind of earlier than normal, and then um, what was it? Uh, Jacob picked. Uh, did he pick early? You have to remind me of how that went. Pick Clay. So <laughs> how the draft went. So Jake, Jacob had first picking. First he took Clay, which everybody wasn't exactly sure he was going to pick Clay. But Clay, as as we'll get to each team. Actually, let's just do that. We'll just go each round, each person that was picked, and then we'll we'll look at the captains last, and we'll just kind of talk through that. So yeah. I want to click on. We'll look at Clay's team. He was the first pick in the draft to go to Jacob's division. So. Um, Kind of looking at his team, his keepers, Gary Sanchez, Machado, Franco, Judge, Jason Dominguez, 
Syndergaard, Chapman, Severino, Paxton, Bauer, Montas, and Gore. So, I mean, part of what's killing this team is he's got isn't Severino and Syndergaard out with Tommy John. Yep. Yeah, so he's, he's missing two. He's keeping three prospects. He's only going to have three starting bats right now to start the season. He's clearly in rebuild. I mean, he's got some pitches. His pitching will compete, but his batting is going to be so behind. He's in rebuild mode, and that was probably why Jacob took him first. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, he's got he's got uh, he's got some he's got some good top end guys. He's got Judge and Machado, um, but after that, I mean, his bats are really why he's struggling. Um, when you looked at uh, the when you looked at Roto, just based on keepers, and and keep in mind, I'm uh, I have I created a Roto based off RotoWire. Um, it, it's just easier for me to grab the data off of than ESPN right now, um, but. Just off of RotoWire's projections, uh, Clay does come in dead last on that. So it's it's it, it is it was actually the smart pick by Jacob uh, to take him there. Um, but when you look at you know projected standings and the projected stats, you know Clay comes in last in runs, RBIs, home runs, stolen bases, and average for every single batting category. Um, so he's definitely going to need to work on batting in the draft. Um, but if he can if he can shore up some batting in the draft and, and grab a couple sleepers, he, he could be you know a, a average maybe above average team um, if he can if he can shore up some of those categories. But uh, even in pitching, he's already coming you know from a point of um, weakness there with two starters already being gone for Tommy John for the year. So I mean he's already he's already behind the eight ball and and it's going to be a, a building year for him I think. Yeah, I mean, basically, he's going in with seven, with three prospects and two. I mean, he's basically going in with seven keepers and only three bats. I mean, if he can pull out a miracle in the draft, it's possible, but I probably predict that he's going to be either the fifth or sixth team in that division and probably won't quite make the playoff. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So we'll see. He's a young team, though. So um, a lot of promise in that team. He's been building it since he started the league, and I think he's done a really good job. Um, I think you know, give him a give him a year, maybe two years, and and he'll he, he'll have a pretty good team as long as he keeps his core together. Right. Yeah. He had a rise, and now he's kind of falling back. But yeah, I mean, once he gets his two Tommy John guys back, he's got some good prospects. So he'll mold into a good team. Be a lot better just even by next year. Just getting his two pitchers back will be key. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the other division, the first pick by. Um, Blaine in the other division was uh, Pirates, so Billy's yep. team. So, yeah, so go ahead, Ross. You go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Pirates, um, I mean, I think he had a, a kind of a down year last year after making a strong run at the playoffs the year before. Um, he, he does have a decent pitching core. He's got Verlander Grinky. Uh, as well as Charlie Morton. So, I mean, from a pitching standpoint, um, it's actually looking pretty good. Another aging veteran, so we'll have to probably work on some prospects going forward to next year. But, you know, just for 2020, looks pretty good. Verlander should be back. I know he was injured a little bit, but I think they're projecting him to be back and, and at full strength. So, he should be okay um, in that standpoint. Actually pretty strong when you look at it. Um, and then from batting, it, I mean, it's decent. Um, Castellanos. Uh, Fam, Ketel Marte, uh, Mustakas should be good in Cincinnati. 
Um, Justin Turner will probably get decent playing time in L.A. with the D.H. rule, so he'll get consistent playing time. Um, and then two prospects are decent, Lewis and, Hay- and Brian Hayes. So we'll see. I mean, he's got a, he's got a well-rounded team. Um, I mean, I, li- I like it overall. I mean, he might be a little stronger than, you know, the first pick off the board, um, but we'll see. Um, he could have a good year. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's not bad. The pitching's not. I mean, Verlander, Morton, Grinky, and Yates, I mean, they're all three older. So, like, long-term keeper-wise, yeah, that's not going to be great four years from now. But for this year and a shortened season where old guys aren't going to deteriorate, I think it's great, actually, pitching-wise, and he's already got a good closer. Um, Batting-wise, yeah. he's, he's lacking a little bit of stud caliber, but, I mean, all of his bats, I'd say because Va- Votto's aging. Votto, I would say, is the only bat that's not really keeper worth. I mean, he's he's a back-end keeper. But all the rest, I mean, even though there's not studs that are maybe the top 20 picks, there's a, he's got a lot of guys in that 40 to 70, 80 range that are all pretty pretty solid and doesn't have any weak link. I, th- I mean, and, and so, like, some a few of those guys are a little bit older. Um so, going into the long term, maybe he's not set up. But, I, I mean, I think it's a solid team to set up for this year. Like, whereas Clay might be gr- great here in about a couple years, I would take Pirates team all day for this year over Clay's team. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. And, um, you know, while, while you were chatting, I pulled up um, the power rankings um, that Rotowire put forth so just as a background i was able to import our league into rotowire and, and they have a couple really cool tools this year i don't know if anybody else uses rotowire but um y- you can actually import our league into their their software um and it will um show some power rankings and some neat um interfaces uh based on you know projected stats for our roster and um, based on the power rankings, Pirates actually comes in at a playoff spot, right? It's right there with a, a seventh best power ranking. So uh, I think he'll be right. And I agree with that. Just looking at his team, I think it's pretty well-rounded. Not a lot of weaknesses. He'll just have to have a decent draft. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he will probably be good enough to compete for a playoff spot. Now, not to say he'll definitely make it, but uh, definitely possible. Right, yeah. I think he'll be in the he'll be in the thick of it around um... – he, like he'll come down to the last week. I don't think there's any way that, and I mean, draft everything we're talking about draft can be subject to change, but from the yeah. keeper starting point, I think he'll be in it to the end to see where he can do what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. So good job on, on kind of maybe rebounding from last year, but next yeah, team. It, uh, so. Yeah. So, um, and I think he did good. He picked up a couple of players. I think right when we switched, um, he did a cut. He dropped a couple of players and picked up a couple. He did, and he um, he had a good supplemental draft. I do remember that he had he had a really good supplemental draft. Yep. So then going on to the next team back, uh, Jacobs. Next pick was Battleaxe, and I know that one caused a little bit because Battleaxe was last year's runner-up. So to be taken third over on the draft was definitely a little interesting. Yeah, uh, I was a little, I was a little taken aback by it. Um, but we'll see. Just when you do some analysis, we'll see how that works out. But uh, yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was a definitely a bold move. Um, and and I'd like to see your thoughts on on kind of what you think of his team and and whether Jacob might have shot himself in the foot a little bit. 
All right, so batting wise, you got Realmoto, Olson, VLR, Donaldson, Simeon, Guriel, Gallo, and Brantley. So he kept a ton of bats. He's got eight uh, keeper bats. So he's, he, he doesn't have that much. He's just got some outfield really to draft and a second base shortstop. So, I mean, he's not going to have a lot to do. Um, bad, I mean, he's got the best catcher in the league. Um, he, like, similar to uh, Billy's team, he doesn't have many of those like top 20 super stud bats, but he's got a ton of bats in that, that middle keeper range that are all solid yeah. a mix of speed with VR power with Donaldson. Sim- Simeon's that guy that, like I've always like, he's not, he never feel like he's that good, but if you look at his stats past couple of years, he's been really good. Um, so I think, I mean, just by sure volume of eight guys that are solid, his batting will be good. If he can just fill in, fill in that he'll be fine the part that's interesting is pitching because he kept two closers and he's got no starter so yeah no starters yeah so like i don't know how it depends on how like because the way the season is mixing and matching and without a stud i don't know i don't know it'll really depend on how he fills it out i mean he could He's going to, regardless of what he does, he's going to, he's going to struggle in two things. He could either draft a bunch of pitchers, but because he has no pitchers kept, his ERA and whip are going to suffer and he can just hope for the best in ERK's wins and saves. And he'll have a good shot of saves since he's already got two. And if he gets a couple more, um, or he could draft very few, load up on middle relievers, lots of closers. And just know that he's going to suck in case and wins, and hopefully take out air and whip some weeks and always win safe. So I'm a, I, we'll see how he drafts it out. So what can work with this team? Yeah, I mean he he, yeah, no, I I agree. So that you know when I'm looking at his team, that was the one glaring um, issue he has pre-draft is what what's he going to do with his uh, rotation. Um, and, you know, looking at who's available on the draft board uh, from a pitching perspective, um, I mean, there's stuff there. It's not absolutely great. Um, there's nobody there that seems this guy's going to be an ace. Um, it's a lot of uh, SP3, maybe SP5 uh, range when you're talking fantasy, like a U Darvish, Zach Wheeler is at the top of the board. Um, Bumgarner is there. Hendricks is there. Um, th- there's some guys there that they'll help you. It might not be bad, but to, I mean, all those guys are pretty high on the draft board. So, I mean, you know, first two picks being pitchers, he might be able to save himself a little bit. Um, but he still, like you said, won't have that, you know, top three fantasy starter, uh, that you're really looking for to carry your team. And, and like you said, I think team MLB teams, uh, might be implementing pitchers differently, and that really could affect him. So we'll see. Um, I will tell you that you know this this software doesn't necessarily like his chances, um, but I, I think Brian's been able to beat those um, odds before. Uh, but the power rankings do have him um, in a uh, in tenth, um, so he has an uphill battle going in the draft. But you know if he's able to draft well, there's a chance. Right. I think it's going to be, and he's drafted well in the past and that he's yes. led to him being playoffs couple, you know, runner up last year and playoffs another year. Um, 
So it'll just be all how his bat, he'll be fine in batting. It's just all how it work around the pitching. If he can somehow make it work, he could be, he could be fine easily a playoff team, um, yeah. but it could also go bad too. So it just depends. Agree. All right. So moving on to, are you ready to move on? I am. Moving on. Second pick by Blaine was Fawn's team. Correct. Crying shoulder. Yes. So I'll lead off of this one. So, you know, Vaughn has a couple elite players, uh, actually more than a couple, probably four or five endeavors, Elo Jimenez, Albies, um, and then starting pitchers. He has two really, really good ones in Strasburg and Bieber. Um, and, and someone I really like in Zach Gallen. Um, so uh, definitely a strong top three starting pitchers. Um, and he's got a good, some good, you know, heavy hitting bats too. Um, also filling that in with Luis Robert. Uh, I'm not sure how, you know, how he'll do. Uh, I'm not sure what the White Sox plans with him are given the short season, but I imagine he'll start and play. Um, I like David Dahl as well. Corey Seager's bounce back candidate. Ahmed Rosario could be good. I, I'm not as big of a fan of Ahmed Rosario, but uh, Contreras is a good catcher. Uh, so, I mean, look, I mean, Vaughn's Vaughn, got a good team um, and he's got he's got essentially an 11th keeper with Robert, uh, which will be instantly promoted on day one opening day. So, I mean, that's that's going to help. Um, so I think I think he's going to have a rebound season. Didn't have a good season last year, but I think he's rebounded well. He should contend for a playoff spot. Um, we'll see how that works with the, the division um, and how that's going to play into qualifying for playoff spot. Um, but I think the core is there at least for next year, if not this year. Um, he could sneak in in the back of this playoffs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think he'll be in there um, fighting for it for sure. It's, I mean, his team, that Luis Robert basically gets him like an 11th keeper because he should be playing pretty much right away. Um, he's got He's got a lot of youth guys coming up. Devers, Albies, Corey Seager, Dahl, Eloy, Contreras. I mean, like all of his bats are young, so like he's he's got something to build towards for the future. And if he, you know finds one or two more guys in the draft to fill around in the future, I mean, he's set up well for the future. And I mean, like you said, about the only bat that's just so-so is Ahmed Rosario, but he gets some steals, and he's still young, so with the you know jury's still out exactly on what he can do and then pitching wise he's got i mean he's got two really good guys strasburg and bieber great and then gallon's kind of a up and coming could be solid for one of the better teams in the west and other than going against the astros and dodgers most of the other teams aren't anything to be scared of so i mean he'll have decent matchups a lot um so yeah i mean it's definitely a solid team he can, i mean can compete with anybody yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he's, I think, you know, with another good draft, he could be a tough out and going to be competitive. Um, definitely going to be improved from last year. So I wouldn't sleep on Vaughn's team. Um, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, and just so, just to give everyone the information, um, just where he slots in on this software from a, from a power rankings perspective, um, you know, the software actually likes him a lot. Um, he's actually the number, he comes in at sixth on the on this drafts on this um, power rankings from rotowire so uh definitely rotowire appreciates what he's done with his team to turn it around and, and definitely sees him in the playoff right in the mix of the playoffs yep yeah i so. think i believe it too cool all, all right. right well let's move on 
So Jacob's third pick was Kim Dijon Young, Zach's team. Yes. So let's see. Looking at his team, you got batting starters: Scott Grandal, EJ Lemayhu, Xander Bogarts, Suarez, Conforto, and Schwarber. Um, he's got six bats, so not a high number of bats. Um, and stud wise, it's real. Xander Bogarts is up there, and DJ has been, even though he used to just be so so. I mean, he's on the Yankees. He's been he's pretty solid. Um, Suarez can hit a ton of home runs. I'd say, I mean, none of his bats are bad. They're all like keeper worthy, but just because he only has six and one's a, like the third or fourth best catcher, I say he's going to be a little behind on batting compared to some teams, just because he, yeah. he lacks the super studs and he's and he's only got six of you know a lot of that forty to seventy range. Um, yeah, but I mean, but it's not bad. He's just gonna he's just gonna have to focus on batting and and dra- draft it really well. He's got out of his batting, he's got to help an average, so he has like no speed. So he'd have to figure out some speed, or he won't have any. Um, yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. Um, I I like the bats that he has. Um, I mean, I know Grandall's not. Uh, necessarily a keeper, um, you know, in that top keeper range. Um, but he is a good catcher, and, and I, I like him overall. Uh, I like what the White Sox are doing, and he should be in a really good lineup uh, from a batting perspective. Um, so, I mean, that's 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 going to help. But, I mean, overall, his bats are good. Um, pitching might be sneaky good. Uh, Clevenger, who before the season was injured – uh, with a torn, partially torn, um, I think it was meniscus in his knee or something. I don't remember exactly, but I think he's back now. I saw a report last week that he's deemed himself fully healthy. I don't know that the doctors agree yet, but um, I think he's ex- expecting to be back in, for opening day. Uh, we'll see how that works out. So that could be a huge boost for him uh, or for for um, Zach's team. Uh, uh, the delay of the season may have helped him a lot. <laughs> um, Obviously, Hayter's an elite relief pitcher. He's got Giolito and the White Sox, who, you know, coming off a pretty good year, uh, could establish himself as a top 20 fantasy starter. Uh, Max Freed, obviously, being a Braves homer, I'm I'm high on Freed. I wish I had him. Um, I, I think he's going to be worthy of that FP3. So, I, I mean, I like his I like his team overall. But like you said, it is a little – It is he is going to need to fill in some bats um in his his batting and and I think that's where it's gonna that's where it might hurt him a little bit this year is batting. Um but he does have two good prospects. He has Waters and Klenick um who are really good and he has Pearson uh, in Toronto. So he actually kept an extra prospect um you know going for that youth uh trying to rebuild. Um so I think that's probably more of his mindset as well as just hey, you know, if we can make something out of 2020, um by all means let's do it. But it looks like he's trying to play a little bit uh, for setting himself up for 2021, which he should do. So he should do well. Right. Yeah. He only has a guy or two that are kind of old. But yeah. I like his pitching. Clevenger and Giolito are really good. I kind of, Giolito, a lot, like three, four years ago, used to be a prospect that I kept. And I was hoping he would be a beast. And then he kind of flamed out initially. And then I got rid of him. So I kind of wish I'd have not did that. But, He's solid, and yeah, I, I mean, I'm not as high on Max Reed as you are, but he has potential. I mean, he's on a good team, even though it's going to be a hard, hard schedule with the East. But um, 
But he's, I mean, he's a solid number three pitcher, and then he's got the best relief in the game. So his pitching will be ready to to attack anybody, depending on how he drafts around it. But it'll it'll be how he how he goes around his batting to how how high a ceiling can be. Agree. He has some things to work on in batting for sure. And um, as proof of that, when you go to the power rankings, he actually slots in at eleventh, um, significantly higher than Clay. And just so you know. Clay had a score of 2.91 out of 100. <laughs> so it, it, he uh, he's well below the pack. Sorry, Clay, to, to throw that jab in there, but had to do it. Um, but Kendra Johnson comes in with a score of 31.58. So that's that's 11th place. Um, and just so, you know, we kind of recap, Battle Axe uh, was 35.73. Um, Pirates was 45.77. And Albie's your crying shoulder was uh, 46.47 in sixth place. So that's kind of where the power rankings are at right now out of 100 that we've been gotcha. through so far. And so, yeah, so like, I mean, based on all that, it, in that division, it looks like clearly Clay should be the sixth unless he has an amazing draft. Um, so that puts Zach in at fifth, which would make him just miss the playoffs. But I think he's got the pitching and enough bats that if he can draft well, just got to move up one spot to fourth, but he's kind of right now in that fifth, fourth. So he's just going to need to have a good draft and maybe it can push him into a playoff spot. Yeah. Agree. All right. So moving to the third pick by Blaine was myself. So I'll let you start talking about my team first. Yeah. So uh, third pick was, was Ryan. Uh, let me just get to his team real quick. Um, so obviously Ryan's, has a stacked team as last year's champion. He should, um, you know, I'm just, as a, as a person that, that, you know, I appreciate other rating sites other than ESPN. So I'm looking at Rotowire right now, but all of his, all of his keepers are in the top hundred in Rotowire. I'm not sure what they are in ESPN. I don't have that up. Um, but, uh, Trevor story, Tatis, Stanton, Springer, Keston Rizzo, Bryant, Mondesi, all all really, really good bats. Uh, you got a combo of speed and power in there. Um, really going to be hard to beat him in, in batting. Um, it's really just a full lineup there. Uh, and then in pitching, um, I think this is where Ryan will have to work a little bit to fill it out, uh, is Garrett Cole and Blake Snell. So he kept eight bats and, and two starting pitchers. Um, and he's got Kirilov, uh, Alex Kirilov and Forrest Whitley, um, as, as prospects. Um, so, I mean, obviously Garrett Cole is a beast, <laughs> um, pitching in New York. It'll be exciting to see what he does in pinstripes. Uh, and then, uh, Blake Snell, uh, obviously. Okay. So <laughs> I, outside of baseball, I'm just going to say this. I hate Blake Snell now. He's my least favorite player in all of baseball. I don't know if any of you saw his Twitch stream video about why he didn't want the season to return unless it was going to be full play, full pay for his play. Um, it was absolutely childish, and it I lost all respect for him. So you can have him, Ryan. I will gladly <laughs> let you keep Blake Snell. I want nothing to do with him. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna just go for his stats and not look for him as a person. <laughs> so. Yeah. So what do you think of your own team? I mean, obviously uh, you've got, you know, championship caliber team again. I mean, all your keepers are young. 
Uh, you don't have any really old keepers, and all of them are still in their prime and playing well. So, I mean, I don't know what thoughts you have on on where to you know improve or draft, but obviously uh, Blaine definitely wanted the challenge. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm I'm happy where my keepers are at um, after last year. I mean, the the only bat that I'm kind of worried about has been Stanton, just because he's been such an injury history. It worked out great as far as like the delay of the season because he would have probably started the year on the DL, but now he's had plenty of time to recover. So yeah, having eight bats, I'm I feel good about my bats. I just gotta draft a few outfielders around them and hopefully um I'll be fine batting. It is pitching where I'm gonna have to work. I mean I got uh Cole who's a stud and Snell who's pretty solid, but we'll see what he can do. He's gonna he but I got two guys in the East so I mean they got they got a lot of hard competition that they'll face. So Pitchings are off to work to get a full lineup around them and draft some closers. So just trying to not forget about my bats and get outfielders, but also focus on pitching will be key. Yeah, no, you're right on that. But yeah, we'll see where you where you land. Uh, just so that you know, we stay on this power rankings um, idea. Uh, you come in surprisingly uh, fourth. Um, at 70.49. Um, so, and we'll reveal the top three as we go through this. But, uh, so Ryan, you know, Rotowire actually, uh, giving you a little bit of a challenge. They're, they're saying you're not in the, you're not in the top three. That's all right. That's all right. I, I looked at it. I know that I'm barely <laughs> off of second and third. So I just got to have a good draft. But I know first place is way ahead of everybody else. <laughs> we'll see about that but <laughs> uh, all right well i mean you know i don't ron i don't think your team really has any holes it's just about how you fill it out to the draft so um we'll move on okay so let's see moving back jacob's fourth pick was eric benyak's team mr hyde yeah and i'll let you start with him okay how we get there Batting-wise, we got Cody Bellinger, Muncy, Jose Ramirez, Trey Turner, Moncada, Juan Soto, Charlie Blackman, Wowzers. Seven pretty <laughs> much studs. So, yeah, that batting is really good. I mean, Bellinger, Ramirez, Trey Turner, Soto, Blackman, those five are super top 20 studs. Moncada's coming into his own. Muncy is just a straight solid bat. Um, he's got a mix of speed with Turner Ramirez. He's got tons of power. Uh, yeah. I mean, his, and he's got seven, which has allowed him to keep three pitchers. So great bats. And then you get to his pitchers, Jose Barrios, Chris Paddock, Luis Castile. I'd say in his pitching, all three of those are solid. They're three definitely worthy keepers. Paddock and Castillo are young guys. Um, I mean, all of his guys are young. Blackman's the only one that's starting to get a little older. He might have to deal with that in a few years, but for now, still stud in Colorado. Um, yeah. His, his pitchers, he doesn't he doesn't have the super – I mean, Paddock still could get up into that ace level. He doesn't have, like, I would say right now a top 8-10 starter. But, I mean, Paddock and Castillo are top 20. Um, I mean – He's a stack team and definitely a title contender. 
Yeah, I mean, I look at this team and it's pretty scary. Um, I, I mean, I think he's got some work to do in the draft, to, you know, just to fill out some batting, um, I think. But, I mean, he's got a nice, balanced lineup there, too. Um, he, he, I mean, it's it's scary. Um, he only has two outfielders, so he'll have to, you know, focus on that in the draft and not you know, forget about it. But as long as that happens, I mean, it's just a beast lineup. Um, all top 55 in the in roto wires rankings um so that's it's just stacked um and then his pitching you know castillo paddock barrios all really solid um good sp2s um high sp3s in fantasy definitely all reliable and then what i really like about this team what really what really scares me and makes me think he's a real championship contender this year um he's got jesus lozardo and brandon mckay as his prospects both of those guys are projected to start the season in the rotation for their respective clubs. So he has yeah. five starting pitchers right out of the gate, which yeah, is scary. Especially, especially Lazardo. Yeah, I mean, Lazardo and McKay are Oakland's number four, and McKay is Tampa Bay's number four on the death chart right now. So, I mean, it, you know, if both of those guys start in the rotation and they're not, you know, they're, they're pitching on a regular basis, I mean, that's – he just drafted two really good young starters in his, in his keepers. And that's just, uh, I mean, he's going to have a great year if, if that's the case. Yeah. So this yeah. is actually a really scary lineup. I mean, he's my pick, you know, the, you know, Eric Benyeke, he, he does such a good job um, just staying consistently competitive in this league. He's done this for years is just surviving in that a division, uh, you know, mm-hmm. making the playoffs, you know, consistently or at least challenging for that wild card spot every year. Um, he hasn't won yet, but I mean, this could very well be his year. Yeah, I mean, he's stayed in the A division every year. Second place most years gets in the wild card. Get wins the wild card game a lot. He hasn't been like you said. He hasn't been able to punch all the way through to win a championship. But like, he's got with like you said, those two keepers. I mean. It's going to be a crapshoot once you get to the final eight, but if, if his team's hot, those I mean, there could be possibly no stopping him if it's hot at that time. Yeah, if he has just a pretty good draft, it's, it's good. And and obviously the power rankings like him too um, on here. The power rankings have him coming in second with a score of 82.69. Uh, just for reference, Ryan, your team had a 70.49, so almost full – well, more than a full 12 points. Uh, difference, which I mean, I'm not really sure how these points come out. I'm not going to try to explain it, um, <laughs> but it definitely likes his team a fairly amount better. And honestly, I mean, I think I think you're going to have some defending to do. I'm glad he's in the other division. Yeah, he's not, a, he's not in our division, so that's good. <laughs> in the playoffs down the road. <laughs> All right, moving on. So back to Blaine's fourth pick was Eric's team, yep. uh, Boba Shet. So you yes. can go start with his team. Okay, so um, Eric's team, new name, um, Boba Shet. Um, he has obviously a very young team. Uh, Eric's very diligent about keeping his team under 25, um, <laughs> sometimes much. to a detriment. <laughs> um, but uh, obviously he's got a beast young core, Bregman, Alonzo, um, Glaber Torres, Bo Bichette, Jordan Alvarez. Um, and then he's got rounding that out with Robles and Benintendi. Obviously, all these guys are young. It's a good core. 
Um, he's played the positions uh, out. He's played positions right. He has a good amount of second base shortstop. Um, so I mean, he's already filled all that in. He's going to have to work on filling in uh, some of the other positions. So I think his challenge is going to be how does he fill in um, position eligibility uh, from his batting. So help the dra- he won't, can't forget about batting in the draft, but the bats he does have are obviously very good young rising stars in the game. Um, so he really shouldn't have a problem uh, with his current players. Um, obviously, Victor Robles and Benintendi, uh, kind of the same player. Um, you know, they'll, they'll get him some average pop and pretty average speed with a decent average or batting average. But um, he probably will want to look for some more pop in the outfield. But he does have Joe Adele coming up. I'm not sure he's going to come up this year with the short season. Um, we'll see what the uh, Angels end up doing. But if he does come up, that's a big help. Uh, and then Gavin Lux is another prospect of his, which should start. So he's another one of these teams that, that comes in with 11 players. Um, it, his, his, you know, prospect is really another, another current player. So that, that's helpful for him. Um, and with the DH, that should help Gavin Lux get playing time in, in LA. Uh, on the pitching side, absolutely stud. Uh, Jack Flaherty and Bueller. Um, and then Tyler Glass now is his third. So uh, nothing wrong with that rotation at all. Um, one of the strongest ones, honestly. Uh, so, uh, I mean, this team stacks, he should do well. I think he's going to probably struggle a little bit with power. He's got a lot of speed. Um, <clears throat> we'll see, you know, where he's able to find power in the draft, but overall uh, solid team. Yeah, I agree. Solid team. I mean, even when you say power, though, you still got Pete Alonzo and Alvarez, who alone could each hit 40 bombs. So, I mean, he's still got some power. Ragland will still up for power. Torres hits for power. Robles, his outfield is going to be weak in power. But um, we got still, I think it's a good, I mean, he's clearly set up for the future. All of his guys are clearly young. Um, so he's, he's set for now and beyond. Solid bats. Got Lux coming up you know, to fit in there. His bats will be good. Gets one or two good outfield bats in the draft. He'll be set batting-wise. And then he's already got three really good pitchers, Bueller, Flaherty, Glassnell, all young guns, very, very solid, all on good teams. Yep, scary team. For sure. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, I think uh, the power rankings like it as well. Comes in at 67.04, so just behind you, Ryan, in fifth. And it's a pretty big drop-off in these power rankings after um, after Eric's team. It uh, goes from Eric at 67.04 all the way down to Vaughn at 46.47. So I think they're, I think it's saying there's a pl- pretty clear top five. Um, you know, we'll reveal who's first and third shortly. But um, I think there's a pretty clear top five just based on Rotowire's analysis. Um, that's not to say they're right, and this is obviously just based on keepers, um, but it is interesting. Yep. All right, so moving on to the fifth pick, and Jacobs was Steven's team, Fighting Phils. Yeah, so Fighting Phils, um, good team. Uh, I, th- I think he's got a good core here with Rendon, Harper, uh, Baez, um, Ozuna, Solera came on strong last year. Uh, he's batting average just before that, but he's come on and hits home runs finally, grew into that power. Um, should be good in Kansas City on that. Um, so Reese Hoskins as well. 
Uh, then he's got Sinzel. Uh, and Sinzel is a guy, I think, who will also benefit. I've seen some reports out of Cincinnati about him being more of the DH in Cincinnati, um, kind of splitting that with some of their outfield, um, with the crowded outfield they have. But I think he's going to be a benefit from playing time. Uh, so he should see everyday at bats, and I think he'll benefit from that and, and, and probably perform pretty well. So overall, his bats are good. Um, <clears throat> I don't think they're as, as top-heavy as you know some of the teams we just talked about other than Rendon and Harper. But even Harper, um, I mean, I know he has had some pretty good years, but um, you know, we'll, see if he, we'll see if he can be that elite-level um, outfielder and he can maybe fix some of that batting average. Um, that he's had, but Baez is good. Ozuna, I like Ozuna in Atlanta. Um, I think that's a good spot for him. <clears throat> so we'll see. On, on the batting side, I think it's solid. Uh, I don't think there's any holes there. Um, on the pitching side, he's got DeGrom, Corbin, Nola, uh, which is amazing. <laughs> um, and then in first prospects, he's got Kibum and Baum. So good team. Pitching's beast. Um, that's what you really want, I think, in a short season like this. Um, so overall, he has a strong team, going to compete for a playoff spot. I'd be surprised if he doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I think he should for sure be a playoff team. Yeah, batting wise, Hoskin, Rendon, Baez, Allstead. Um, and I know what you mentioned about Harper, but th- this is just my gut instinct. I think Harper is going to go off in 60 games. The reason is Harper, I feel like, is one of those guys that kind of like, fades concentration like you know goes into walls and does things but for 162 games i just feel like he's like goes through walls and doesn't like i don't know doesn't care but i feel like in a fast pace high intensity 60 games he's gonna be dialed in i feel like he could go beast mode like he did that one year that's just my gut instinct no i, I can um, see that it's he's he can be very he can be very very good like you said i think he's a hot cold player like that and i think there's a mental aspect to his game um, and if he can get in the right mindset for this short time frame, I think he could be a beast. So, I mean, obviously, he could carry this team, yeah. I agree. Right. And then uh, Azuna, Solaire. Solaire came on. Both of those are power guys. Um, they're fine. They're, you know, more back-end keeper. Senzel, back-end keeper. But, I mean, all three are solid, definite keepers. But, and the other four are great. Like I said, with the couple teams we mentioned recently maybe have a little bit better bats, but – it's still a really good set of seven bats that, you know, just draft a little while around them and you'll still be able to compete with batting with anyone. And then you got three super stud pitchers, Nola, Corbin, DeGrom, you know, that's, you know, similar to how good Eric's three are. Um, Yeah. I mean, very, very solid. I think if there's one stat out of these bats that I've noticed in Phil's team, I think it's batting average. I mean, I don't, I don't have all the stats in front of me, but you know, just looking at his team, it doesn't yeah. look like a lot of these, a lot of his bats are, are you know, high batting average, and that's something I think that's one category he might have to look at, um, you know, in drafts and and maybe even steals a little bit too. So, um, I mean, I think there are a few batting categories he'll need to draft, um, or at least need to help, um, in the draft, but his pitching should make up for a lot of stuff. So. Yeah, his pitching's solid, and, and that's a good point. He doesn't have a lot of average guys and not a ton of speed. But at draft, after your keepers, really, you're not going to get a lot of stud average guys, or if they are, they contribute nothing else. So at this point, yeah. I would probably just punt average and then just you know get a speed guy or two and then just keep 
working on the counting numbers and it'll be fine. Average in a week in a week time span, you never know what can happen in average. So that's true. That's very true. Cool. All right. Well, you know, the power rankings just to top this one off. Uh, Phil that comes in at number uh, five, six, seven, eight, nice. So he comes outside of our um, pl- playoff spots. I don't really get that. <laughs> no eighth. I'm sorry. He comes in eighth, and and he and you know he's coming in behind Pirates and and Albie's crying shoulder. I agree. Um, I think part of this is you've got the prospects. In, in these lineups um, that yeah. are being factored into this into this formula. And you've got teams with much better prospects um, who have counting stats projected, whereas uh, Alec Baum doesn't have any counting stats projected right now. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you've got a little bit of that feeding into it. So I, I really do think Phil's is probably more in the, the fifth and sixth range instead of the eighth range. So I think this might be a little misleading. Um and like I said, it's just based on keepers. So we'll see how this changes once everything plays out in the draft. Right. I agree. All right. And then the last pick in the draft. And then after we do you, we got to do the two captains teams. But yep. the last pick in the draft was um, you, Tomahawk Chops, which is what I figured. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So going to your keepers, which was, which was really a shock to me how, like, you missed the playoffs last year with as stacked as your your keepers are. I guess I know. I don't know. But, but um, <laughs> yeah, I was insane. So keepers: Freeman, Merrifield, Arenado, Lindor, Martinez, Acuna, and Betts. And then you have Kyle Tucker and Julio Rodriguez as bench um, bats. And I'm sure Tucker is going to be playing pretty soon as well. So, yeah, I mean, set, and you got the classic seven and three, which most people have. I mean, all your bats are super, super stud. The only one that's not a super, super stud is Merrifield, but Merrifield's still a really solid top 50 player um, that's steady, going to provide you your steals um, along with – but you got steals from everywhere. Cunha, Betts, Lindor, they all steal. Um, yeah, I mean, your bats are loaded. Going to your pitching, um, you got three good ones, Kershaw, Woodruff, and Kluber. Now, I wouldn't put them in the class of three of, like, Eric's three and Steven's three, yeah, but, no. it's, but it's still a good three. It's still, um, you know, Kershaw's on the best team in the NL. The West is probably going to be the easiest um, matchups, and you got Texas also with Kluber is another West team, so we have easier matchups. Um, and Woodruff came on last year, um, has lots of strikeout potential um, on Milwaukee. That's a solid team. So, I mean, your bats are super stud. Your bats are going to carry you. I mean, you got to draft around a little bit, but um, – and your – I mean, your pitching is not behind. I mean, it's ahead of a lot of teams. It's just not ahead of the a couple of the really stacked pitching teams. Um, but – so just, you know, yeah. it's kind of a balanced draft and you'll be fine. It loses the sale hurt. Um, you know, sale, you know, sales drastic downfall last year really killed me. Um, and pitching is why I didn't make playoffs last year. I just, my pitchers just let me down every week and I didn't draft well. It's the baby curse. It's, it's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is a real thing. 
Oh man. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I like obviously like my bats and my pitching, it'll do it's makeshift. Um, I probably need to fill that in with some keepers later on, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a contending team. It's just, I'm going to have to fill that in with a decent draft to actually win. Um, but I, I, I mean the bats, I couldn't ask for better bats. It's just, Right. Yeah, your your bats are set. So you really if you just focus on some pitching, your bat your bats are plenty of studs to carry you. Yeah. So and that's that's you know, um consistent with the power ranking. So it Rotowire likes my team the best. They have me a hundred out of a hundred on power rankings. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I mean, and that's just because of my bats. Uh Rotowire likes the you know, my batting. So that's pretty much why. Um, but my pitching's weak or uh, weaker than other teams, so it'll be still be a challenge for me to win. I mean, I got to compete in both pitching and batting, so you know. And there's with as you know, Ryan, with any with any one week matchup, bats can go cold, people can can get COVID and be out for two weeks. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that that that'll be the interesting thing if you know one injury or get COVID could decimate some teams at times. So I don't know. It'll be weird so, i can uh, all so, right well let's go to the captains. captain so back to the other division jacob that had first pick so go to his team for sure are the best yeah so um this is another team with an outstanding uh selection of bats um yelich and trout might be the best one-two punch even better than my Acuna arenado um that's a beast i uh, can't beat that um, Atuve, Austin Meadows, also Beast, um, Paul Goldschmidt, Jose Breu, although they're, you know, fading a little bit, they're still top, you know, 50, 60 players. So still great bats there. Uh, Correa uh, and Matt Chapman uh, to fill out the batting is still really, really good. So um, obviously the bats are Super solid. I can't ask for better. He's got the traditional 7-3. Uh, the pitchers, um, he's got Scherzer, um, Soroka, and Kay um, as his pitchers. Um, and I am very jealous of that. I really would like to have Mike Soroka. Um, I, I, Jacob, if you're listening, really want to trade. <laughs> so, um, I'm, I will give you a steal if you want it. Uh, Soroka's uh, I think he's going to be an ace um, in all seriousness. I think he's going to take a big step this year and be a lot better than rankings say. So I think uh, for sure the best going to be really dangerous. Um, Anthony Kay, uh, he's a young guy uh, for, for uh, Toronto. Um, not sure if he's going to start in the rotation. Um, currently on their depth chart, uh, they have uh, they don't have him in there. Uh, so uh, it looks like he has – three prospects um so actually i guess he's really seven and two you got kopech uh, who i guess is projected to come up and play this year but we'll see how that goes um he had an elbow injury uh in spring training i think it was or something like that um so i'm not really sure oh i'm looking at it here i count oh, tommy john. And... i'm sorry he had tommy john yeah i count eight and two eight and um two. Eight and two, yeah. Batting wise, Abreu, Altuve, Chapman, Correa, Goldschmidt, Yelich, Trout, Meadows, and and just looking at his batting, batting are studs. Yeah, Yelich, Trout, you know, Trout, Acuna, Yelich, top three, clearly best players in the league. 
So he's got two of the top three studs and he, and all the bats around him. I mean, like a lot of teams, I said they got that 40 to 70. He's got several of those that are in that like 20 to 40 range. So a little higher than that, but some in that 40 to 70 range. But his bats are, they're all stud and he's got eight of them. So Scherzer, I mean, as long as he's been in this league, he's mainly been a fear my bats team and it's that's not going to change his batting is going to be sick um pitching wise he's got two he, he's in a similar scenario to me um as our setup as we got you know eight solid bats and then we only got two pitchers but he's got two really good ones um scherzer's obviously a stud and then soroka's up and coming i'm um, going to be really good so he, he'll just have to just like me have to kind of draft a little more pitcher heavy and focus around that and they've got Copic and Manning as his um, prospects. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Um, I think he's going to be a dangerous team. Um, power rankings, obviously love him. Uh, he's third uh, right behind um, Eric Bignac and, and above you, Ryan, he's, comes up with score 78.79. Um, so he's, he's right in the middle of you and you and Eric Bignac at third. Um, I think that's just probably cause of the pitching. Um, but his batting is, is stud. Uh, so we'll see how, we'll see how it shakes out, but he'll definitely be a team to team to beat. Yep. I'll definitely be a contender for sure. And then last team, Blaine's team, two tacos. Yes. So he yeah. was 12th. He was last place last year. He's got first pick in the draft. So let's see. So where I, I see a little bit of a turnaround for this team. Um, I, I'll let you start Ryan, Cause I think I started last time, but I, I do see this team turning around a bit this year. All right, so batting, we got Josh Bell, Vladimir Guerrero, Jorge Polanco, Eddie Rosario, Marte, uh, Brian Reynolds, Shohei Otane. And then his one of his prospects is um, the Baltimore catcher, number one pick in the draft. Um, he'll probably be a, a beast catcher down in the future. Um, so I'm not sure where he'll use Shohei Otane. I'm not sure. Do you know – is he going to be – they're going to use him both pitcher and hitter this year? I think they're planning to. Um, I, I Let's see. Uh, I'm not sure what Otani's going to do. Um, I haven't really read up on him a lot lately, um, but I believe he's completed his Tommy John recovery because I think he had Tommy John. Right. Um, right. So I think he's been pitching in live batting practice. I think uh, reports that I see are that he's up to 55 pitches um, as of the end of May. So I think he's planning to start games um, from a pitching perspective. So it looks like they may, they may, he may get the benefit of his bat and his uh, arm, which would be helpful. Right. Um, so yeah, looking at his bats, um, Planco Guerrero is going to be a stud in the future. I'm not sure exactly when his full breakout is going to be, but he's going to be a stud. Bell, Polanco, Rosario, Marte. He's got five solid bats, top 70 bats, good bats that you can build around. Not so sure about Brian Reynolds. I know he had a good season. He's pretty well owned. I just not, I just don't know enough of him. I mean, he's a Pirates guy, so he likes the Pirates partially, maybe why he kept him. But he's not bad. I mean, he's a back-end keeper type. So, I mean, six bats, but he's going to have to – And well, if Shohei Otani counts as a bat, he's going to be kind of like that wild card. I don't know how well of a pitcher versus how well of a bat. You never know what exactly you're going to get with him. 
Um, but he doesn't have any of the super, super stud bats, except maybe Guerrero could eventually become that. Um, and Bell's pretty good, too. And so is Mart. I mean, he's, he's got good bats. It's just not super, super stud. And he's going to need to fill in like he doesn't have any second baseman or second base shortstop. So I have to fill in a little bit there, focus on some batting. But pitching wise, he's got a closer already in Kenley Jansen on one of the best teams in the league. And then he's got Sonny Gray, who's he'll be a solid pitcher for Cincinnati. But Talion's hurt. Um, Mitchell Keller, I think, was a good prospect that he'll eventually have. And then he'll have one of Otani pitches. So he. He's got like one and a half ish pitchers. So he's going to have to work on some pitching too. Yeah. And that's really where the weakness is right now. He's got to keep building on. And I think he, he's trying to do that with the pick, pick up a Mitch Keller. Um, I'm just trying to take a look here. I'm not sure if he's supposed to start in the rotation this year. I think he is. Um, so that does actually give him a second starter off the, off the, off the prospect uh, bench that he has. So that would help him. Um, and then, uh, just some news on Tyone. Um, I think he's out, like you said, um, until next year. Uh, so he kind of loses Tyone, but gets to keep Mitch, Ke- gets to add Mitch Keller. So does look like he has, I guess, three pitchers, Gray, Otani, and Keller. Uh, I'm not sure how the Angels are going to use Otani. Um, other than, you know, he's going to be working back probably under workload limit, innings limit, uh, coming back out of Tommy John. Um, so, like you said, about two and a half. Um, so overall, pitching is going to need some work, I think, uh, just because you've got so much unknown there and none of them are beast pitchers, mm-hmm. um, but all of them are pretty good. Um, and then in the batting, in the batting side, um, obviously, like you said, Marte, Rosario, um, Bell, all really good. Guerrero, I look for him to probably improve on his rookie season, kind of a letdown after all the hype, but I think he's still going to be a top player. Um, then it gets, you know, a little bit iffy with Jorge Polanco, but still a keeper. Uh, Brian Reynolds, I, I like Brian Reynolds. Um, I think, you know, he, he he came on really hot over the summer, um, had a really good batting average, um, had a nice hitting streak, I think, if I remember right. Maybe, I don't remember exactly how many games, but I think it was a pretty decent hitting streak. And he was actually in that running for rookie of the year on the NL side, but I think he slowed down a decent amount in September. Um, and I think he, you know, he should keep a lot of those splits. I think uh, he should still hit for good average. Uh, I know he had a pretty high Babbitt last year, but he should hit for a decent average. Um, just not sure what the power is going to look like, but still a really good keeper, um, big player for them, uh, for the pirates. Um, so, Probably, he's probably excited to have him on his fantasy team. <laughs> um, so overall, decent bats, but I think he's going to have some work filling that in as well. Right. And then, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting how it goes in the draft if he goes to play off or, you know, go for this year. Or he could he could set himself up. I mean, he's got, he's got two good in Keller and uh, Baltimore catcher. He's got two good up-and-coming people eventually get tally on back the following year. Um, he's got a lot of, and he's got a lot of young guys. I mean, not too many of them are old and um, getting ready to flame out or anything. So he could, he could try to go um, young if you wanted to, it'd be interesting how he does it, but um, I'd be interested how he competes in his own division because I mean, when we went through and talked to, we said, you know, that pirates and uh, Vaughn's team look pretty solid. And then it's also got me, you and Eric in it. 
So we'll see how he competes in his own draft division. Yeah, when you look at power rankings, uh, just to sum him up, I mean, Tacos comes in at uh, 10th place. Um, and the next – and he's got – just to, to summarize power rankings in this division, um, you've got uh, myself. Uh, you've got um, – at first, you've got uh, Ryan at fourth. You've got Eric at fifth. You've got Vaughn at sixth. And you've got Pirates at seventh. And then you have Blaine down at uh, 10th. So, I mean, really pretty decent competitive division when you look at it. Uh, the other division uh, starts off with uh, um, Eric Benyak at second, uh, Jacob Blaine at third. Uh, then you go all the way down to Phil's um, at eighth. Uh, then you go down to Battleaxe at 10th. Uh, Kim Jong-un at 11th and Clay at 12th. So um, that division seems, uh, just based off keepers, uh, to be a little bit weaker off the bat. Uh, but again, I'm using some funky power rankings that are automatically populated off of the keepers on Rotowire, which is an ESPN. Um, and I'm not really sure how this works. So um, it's just kind of yeah, something. And- it's just. I mean, but it's a decent indicator. I mean, overall, fairly accurate. The only one I don't really agree with is Bills. I think he's a little better than eighth. Right, yeah. Like, I think how it counts prospects and how it evens out the things, like, how, you might be able to manage it once you draft out a whole team. Like, when you only got 10 players, if you have more bats than pitchers, it it, it scales some of the counting stats and messes things up as far as that. Like, like you said, Steven's team, Definitely probably better than eighth. Even like Battleaxe team, he's had a lot of good bats. He just ha- he didn't have any starting pitchers. So it depends on how he does that. But any rating system, if you have no starting pitchers, is going to look terrible because you're going to lose a lot of things there. So yeah, it's it's all it's all going to be how you fill in. I mean, that's going to be key once you draft. Agree. All right. Well, that about sums up the the divisions and the keeper analysis. Um, I think that was pretty good. Um, what else is on the docket, Ryan? Anything? I know we're at about an hour and ten minutes now. Anything else you got? Um, only other thing I can think of is just if you want to just let's let's talk about just the MLB season in general. Let's say World Series. Both the heavy favorites on both sides are Dodgers, Yankees. Think somebody upsets them on either side to to not make that the matchup for the World Series. Yeah, I mean, I think you've got some good contenders on both sides in the short season, and I think a lot of it's going to hinge. You know, I, I personally view this as the teams with the best pitching uh, staffs and the uh, bullpens are probably going to be the most successful. Um, and I guess deepest in terms of quality, not necessarily quantity. Um, you know, I personally would like to think the Braves have a good shot. I think Vegas gives them the second best odds out of the NL. Um, I like their chances of, of having a good run. Can't obviously count out the Nationals. Um, last year's World Series champions, I think they have a shot. Um, you know, I think uh, I'm not really sure there's another team in the NL West that's really that great um, that would really beat the Dodgers out of that or really challenge them uh, NL central. I mean, I don't think the Cincinnati Reds are there yet. Um, I think they still have maybe another year to go that they're up and coming, but I don't think they're there. The Brewers are okay. 
I'm just not sure their pitching is there. And that's really what I worry about with the Brewers. I know they got Hader um, and I know they got Woodruff and a couple other guys who kind of came out of nowhere last year, but I'm not really, I'm not really feeling them. Um, I mean, I really think it's probably between the Dodgers, Braves and Nationals in the, in the NL and the AL. I mean, Yankees, I feel like the AL is a little bit more wide open. Um, I feel like you, you still have the Astros and other bunch of cheaters. Sorry, Jacob. Um, <laughs> but I still think they're a talented bunch of baseball players, um, and you're going to have a hard time beating them. I just worry about their rotation. Uh, they lost a decent amount. They lost Garrett Cole. Um, so I'm not really sure, you know, how they're going to pan out. Um, I mean, their rotation is going to be pretty pretty new. Um, McCullers is back in there. Urquidy is in there. Um I'm not sure who else they're going to have behind those two guys and, and the rest of the, the top end of their rotation, but um, they'll be okay. Uh, they'll, they'll probably contend. And then you got the twins are going to be really good again. Um, they added Donaldson to an already uh, really powerful lineup. Um, Pitching is going to be their key too. Um, AL East is tough. I think the, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays are going to be a tough out. Um, they've added some players as well. And they're always tough. They're going to be they they you know implement some weird strategies like they're you know one inning starter and bullpen um, and almost got them there last year. So their their bullpen's probably really strong. That's uh, one of the strongest ones I think. Um, so they're probably going to be they'll they'll fare well. Um, but yeah, as far as upsetting them, I mean the Yankees have to be the favorite. Um, I I really don't think the Yankees will miss out. Um, I mean, it's a 60 game season. Anything can happen. Injuries and illnesses and the like can, can derail them. They're definitely the best on the N- NL might be a little bit tougher between the Dodgers and Braves. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. On the game. I, I think the Astros and I think the only teams that could knock them off would be either Astros, Twins, or Rays, the three main teams that would be the only ones I think could actually, in the series, knock them off. But – and Astros are probably the best of that group, but when you just literally – when they went toe-to-toe last year and then you literally just take Garrett Cole off one and move him to the other, I just feel like it gives the Yankees the edge. I mean, injuries or COVID at an ill-timely time in playoffs could change everything. But, like, assuming none of that craziness, I think it'll be the Yankees. Um, on the other side, I, I would agree. Braves Nationals probably are the biggest threat. Because, like, there's Diamondbacks are probably the next best team in the West, and they're not in the Dodgers class. And then Brewers – Cardinals, Cubs, and Reds, I feel like are all four above average solid teams, but not not enough that they're going to push it over the hump in a full series. Agree. But I, I just don't – I just think that Dodgers have already, even though they, you know, didn't make it Nationals, were able to beat them out last year, they've been like the class of the NL – for the past four or five years, I mean, the Cubs were able to beat them out that year, um, but then the Dodgers were there for a couple of years, and then, like, the Nationals bit. The Dodgers have been there, and they've been really, really solid, and now you add Mookie Betts to that. I mean, their bats are sick-loaded, and now they get a DH to mix and match with. Oh, no. And they got Kershaw and Bueller, and, and 
I mean, I don't know. It's going to be tough to be. I mean, the Braves have good bats, but I just don't know if their pitchers are proven enough yet. I Meaning, and that's, yeah, I don't know. I, I was, I, even though it's super chalky, I still, I think we might have a Yankees Dodgers World Series. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, the Dodgers rotation, uh, the top three are good. I mean, you got Kershaw and Bueller, who, yeah, that, and that's just, that's just hard to beat. Kershaw has his own playoff problems, and he so, does have playoff issues. But so does David Price. I mean, just David Price is the three. David Price has playoff problems too. If you believe in that, like, but if they, if you just take them for what they are as quality, that's three really good. Pitches. Oh, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, that top three is really good. But then, you know, they're four, five, six. It's unproven. I mean, you got Julio Urias, who came on as a rookie last year, uh, did okay. Uh, he's in there. He's projected to be their fourth starter. You got Alex Wood and Dustin May who will battle it out for the fifth starter. Alex Wood. But they can just. What is it? They can just mix and match it. Like Alex Wood and May, like they can just be like, you do three, four innings, you do three or yeah. four. I mean, it's solid. That's it's solid. solid. Um, and I think it's a respectable rotation for sure. And then you in the bullpen, you got they added Blake Treenan, which is. To, to an already really good, already really good bullpen. Um, they already had Ross Stripling, who's a good long man. Joe Kelly. Um, I mean, they, they are they have a pretty decent uh, bullpen too. So I mean, and then Kenley Jansen, obviously. So um, yeah, I mean, they'll be hard to beat. Um, I think they're obviously that's rather the favorite, of course. But I mean, I mean, the Braves have a good rotation. I mean, I don't, I don't not like the rotation. They have Soroka, Freed, Hamels, uh, Fulte, Newcomb, Felix Hernandez, Kyle Wright. They have seven capable starters um, who've done it before. It just depends on how good Felix is, and I don't really know yet. Um, and depends on what Cole Hamels does. But, um, I mean, they have right. they have the they have the arms there um, and the depth, just depending on – I mean, they can mix and match too. Um, but I think the Dodgers have more top end. Um, Soroka is definitely top end, but after that, Dodgers definitely beat him out on the top end. Uh, side right, and 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 I think just just let's. I mean, I'm just looking at the Dodgers depth chart. Look at their bats. Oh, no. Okay, including the eight. They go Will Smith, Max Muncy, Gavin Lux, Justin Turner, Corey Seager, Jock Peterson, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, AJ Pollock. There's not a weak link in their whole nine bats. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. That is just stacked. So I mean, I, I mean, I, I do think you know if you had to put money on it, I do think you take Dodgers. Um, right. Absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see what happens though. Sixty games, though. I mean, like I've said before, the Nationals after sixty games would not have even made the playoffs, much less won it. So I right. mean, you know, anything can happen in a sixty-game season. I mean, heck, you could have the Orioles go on a you know twelve-game win streak and somehow squeak in. I mean, it'd be crazy, but it could happen. Do you think there'll be any like team that's projected to be in, like? Top five or or bottom five or six that somehow makes it in the playoffs. I do. I really do think there will be. I think there'll be at least one team that makes the playoffs that you're just like, what in the world's going on? (laughs) They probably will, and it'll be like the wild card game, and it'll be like a boring one. They'll just get mashed because the other team will have a starter, or they won't, and they'll just be this like heroic underdog story. Be like George Mason, Final Four run type thing. Hey, I mean, it's kind of like that. I mean, when you think about it, baseball is a marathon sport, and it's been turned into a sprint. Anything can happen, man. 
It's, it's yeah. gonna be crazy. I'm excited for it. I'm really excited for baseball. I, I can't wait for a 60 game season. Every it, I mean, I know every game matters in baseball because it ends up so close in standings. But this really yeah. feels like every game matters. This this really right. feels like you know more like a really short schedule where it's you know you lose like five in a row, you could be really hurting. Whereas you lose five in a row in a season, it's not really that big a deal. So, I mean, I think it's every game's going to matter a lot more. Yeah, I wonder how it's going to affect like closer roles. Like when every game matters so much, they I wonder if they're going to have like a quick oh one blown game or switching or like I, I wonder I don't know how that'll affect. It's it. going to be interesting. I'm excited for it, and I mean that's just another thing with draft strategies. Like how valuable are closers in fantasy now? Like I mean your elite ones probably gain a lot more value, but your your uh, you know your closers who are on the back end that are kind of Eh, I'm not sure. It may not be worth that high draft pick. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's hard to tell. Yes. Well, I mean, we're at an hour and twenty minutes, so I mean, if I think we'll probably tr- try to do more regular podcasts now uh, this year, I think it'd be worth it, and maybe we can talk a little bit about actual baseball mixed in with our fantasy teams and and results. Um, I think that'd be kind of fun. Um, yeah. And we'd love to have some guests on here. I know Blaine's been kind of wanting to be involved and we want to, you know, uh, allow him to join and my brother uh, to join and anyone else really who wants to, to join is welcome to. Uh, you can also submit uh, questions to us um, and voice. You could somehow on this app, there's a way to submit voice messages to us to, to be played on the podcast, um, which we can figure out for the next round and, and get you guys in there and involved. So happy to do it. Um, hope you enjoyed this. Uh, Ryan, anything else? Nope, that's all. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, look forward to a, a season and see you guys in the draft. Yep. See you there. All right. Later. Later.